Transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. All right, so our topic today is Brace Yourself, Minimally Invasive Surgery for Pectus. My guest is Dr. George Witt Holcomb III. He is the Surgeon-in-Chief and Senior Vice President of Children's Mercy Hospital. He's also the Director of the Center for Minimally Invasive Sur- Surgery. Dr. Holcomb, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's talk first about, um, in a more broad sense, Children's Mercy. How how or what sets Children's Mercy apart for treating pectus from other hospitals on a regional level? Well, we uh, developed a uh, specialized center for pectus excavatum and carinatum uh, in 2011. And we did that uh, to focus our expertise on managing both pectus excavatum and pectus carinatum. Uh, we have dedicated personnel, uh, doctors, uh, nurse practitioners, uh, occupational therapists, uh, and the like who uh, staff this clinic as opposed to just every uh, surgeon, uh, every general surgeon doing it. So we have a, a specialized group who have an interest and expertise in managing both of these anomalies. So what was the inspiration for the center? Was is, is, is the different types of pectus, are we seeing these cases more often? What was really the, was, what was the need to have such a center like this? We've always had um, a large volume of patients with excavatum, uh, but over uh, the past 15 or so years, we're seeing more and more patients with pectus carinatum, that is an outward protrusion of the breastbone, uh, and we changed uh, techniques uh, for managing uh, the carinatums in 2011 from an operative approach to a non-operative approach with bracing, and we uh, began to utilize a dynamic compression brace uh, that is uh, individualized for each patient's uh, anomaly, and we started that uh, in July of 2011. And since then, we've just seen an, uh, a really exponential growth in patients with carinatum, uh, and we've continued to see a, a large number of patients with uh, excavatum. So the impetus was to to showcase our expertise in managing both, but we also changed the approach, the management approach for carinatum from an operative to a non-operative approach. Yeah, so let's talk about the carinatum first. What, why, why do we, what's your opinion? Why are we seeing an increase in, in the number of cases? Well, I don't think we're necessarily seeing an increase in the number of cases. Uh, with the establishment of our dedicated pectus center, I think patients now uh, have a resource to go to and uh, know yeah. that they're experts who uh, take care of this, uh, and also referring uh, pediatricians or family uh, practitioners know that there's a, a, a dedicated center for this. So I think that it's it's probably a similar amount of patients, but there's uh, there's now uh, a place to go to, and that's why we're seeing more and more of these patients. 
Right. So, so, so before you were using the compression device, surgery was the, the treatment for carinatum. Was that part of it? Maybe, maybe you have a general practitioner has a patient with maybe a slight carinatum, doesn't really think the, the patient needs to go to surgery. So they just kind of managed that patient at the clinic. But now that there's something new out there, there's, you know, maybe the compression device is appropriate for all cases of carinatum. Is that part of it? So you're getting simply more referrals because of this new compression device? Yes, I think that uh, I think all of what you said is true. I think that that if you had a mild carinatum, um, then the child might live with it, as opposed to having a, a relatively complicated operation. Uh, and now that we can manage them uh, non-operatively, and and in fact, we've just uh, we're presenting a paper in Europe uh, on our experience uh, over the last five years, in which we've evaluated over 500 patients with carinatum, and we braced over 300 patients. And so anytime you can go from a, an operative management strategy to a non-operative one, I think you're going to be seeing more and right. more patients. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the the dynamic aspect of this compression device. What does that really mean? Are we able to little by little increase or decrease the compression? And that's that's what's really helpful? Right. So with with an orthotic brace that's not dynamic, uh, it just uh, it just exerts the same pressure against the carinatum in one patient as another. With the dynamic one, we're able to measure the pressure of correction for each individual patient. So uh, one patient might need a pressure of correction of three psi. That's pounds per square inch. Um, another one might uh, need a pressure of correction of seven. And so we're able to tailor the amount of pressure that's exerted against the carinatum uh, based on each individual's needs and not just a one-size-fits-all approach. So let's move the conversation over then to the excavatum, um, which I do think is more common, right? So what? tell us a little bit about the, the NUS technique that you practice at Children's Mercy. Right. Well, Dr. Donald Nuss uh, is a pediatric surgeon in Norfolk, Virginia, and he published his um, approach in 1997, and it really revolutionized the operative management for uh, excavatum. Uh, and we began to utilize the technique in, uh, 19, uh, in late 1997, and we've made a little modification uh, of it, and and uh, it's a minimally invasive approach uh, as opposed to, again, a rather complicated uh, uh, operation that was used before, a so-called ravage procedure. And, and recently we presented our uh, experience of over 550 of these uh, repairs uh, in uh, children uh, since 1999. Yeah, and yeah, and I so yeah, I see here a ninety nine percent success rate for children with escavatum. So that's pretty impressive. Um, I want to ask you something more uh, related to this idea of minimally invasive surgery. Obviously, you're the um, the director uh, at Children's Mercy for minimum invasive surgery. What? Where do you see us going with this in the future? Where's the technology taking us? Um, what do you hope to see in the future uh, for this kind of approach to surgery? Well, I think that it'll continue to um, to pro- uh, progress. Uh, there are advantages, rather, uh, other than just a cosmetic advantage of smaller incisions. There's less discomfort, which means less pain, which means less hospitalization, 
and therefore faster return to regular activities. And whether and in the adult world, that's getting back to work. In the pediatric world, it's getting back to school or routine activities for the child. And I think there is a corresponding benefit, economic benefit for the adults, because if the child gets back to their routine activities and the parents get back to their routine activities, which is often work. So there are advantages uh, of using a minimally invasive approach. Uh, the incisions are quite small now. Whether we can reduce the incisions uh, much more is going to be hard to say, uh, but I think that, uh, that that's the way things are, are progressing, and we're trying to get smaller and smaller incisions, which leads to these uh, operations. At some point, there may be uh, the need for a robotic component to it, but Right now, we don't really need that, but who knows in 10 or 15 or 20 years if there'll be a robotic component to the management strategy. Right. Well, Dr. Holcomb, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing at Children's Mercy, and I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics of Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.